Raptonians and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we talk about the happenings in the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber. Woo. And joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the man of many time zones, Mr. Shaheen Avandi. Wait, you're the man of many time zones. I've been in one time zone for the last. It's all relative. I mean, first of all, first of all, time zones are made up. That's true. That is just a lie agreed 100%. upon. That's like it's like money. We just decided it just, one day, this, and everyone went along with it. This piece of paper has got value now. I like that. Like uh, a place like Kathmandu is like forty five minutes off off the whatever it is like, like it's Cat it's Man not Jones. an hour time zone it's like a 15 or 45 <laughs> i can't remember what it is it's only a little far away not too far away and then some places are like yeah we do daylight savings but we do it at a different time than you do or we just don't do daylight savings at all arizona i'm looking at you i'm proud of you um yeah well, like the the for our listeners obviously um it's been like what like two three weeks since we recorded right. with each other right uh, i've been to europe twice already twice you've literally crossed I, the I, lake twice i go again uh in a week's time and then again after that i think uh in, in december getting those points it's getting i actually i think i'm gonna hit diamond medallion on like my merits nice this this year what does that come with what does that uh, suddenly afford you I get to be first on the plane, which I don't understand how that's a perk. What? Yeah, how does that a perk? You want everybody elbowing you yeah, on the way? Everyone, every every mouth breathing, coughing, dear airline in the if back. If you're listening, fill it up from the back to the front, please. Yeah, right. Just be smart about this. Uh, I do get like two voucher perk things or whatever. I don't know. It's not bad. It's, right. it's not right. bad. It's, right. it's a pretty good gig. I'm into it. You have to. I mean, you, you realize like I, I had to fly a lot to get that. So a little bit, yay, but it's not bad um you've been around the world man yeah no i went to spain and it was like an eight hour time difference and then it was a nine hour because the daylight savings changed like it literally like no idea what time it is i think time is but a made-up constraint yeah my it's body bullshit. yeah my body doesn't know i've been home what not even 48 hours yet you're fine you look you're mostly alive right I'm now super jet lagged have you had a bodega sandwich yet i have first thing i did when i got okay, home good. first thing i did literally first thing i did i had the gabagool over there last time that how was it delish uh, I like the BLT, and I ask them to toast the bun, and Ooh, that's a game changer that on that game sandwich. Changer. Their yeah. bread is a little too doughy. It's you a toast little, it, yeah. changes things. Uh, chopped cheese is still the way to go. Chopped cheese is definitely. By the way, it's like one of the most affordable sandwiches in their menu. It is. That's why $10. it is the sweet spot. And and this will be a theme, I think, on today's podcast. I'm not a cheap person. But you're frugal. But I am frugal. Yeah. And so I look at them like, I can save $2 and get the chopped cheese, which I think is the superior sandwich. Like, bang for the buck, I think that's the sandwich right Everything's there. Everything's on that sandwich. And I've discovered that I am apparently the only one that orders it without pickles and mustard. You are. So they know who I am. So I talked to the owner last time I was there. I'm like, <laughs> my buddy gets it. He goes, oh, chopped cheese, uh, chopped cheese Jensen? <laughs> <laughs> chopped cheese Jensen, no pickles. I know him. <laughs> no pickles, no mustard. Yeah, he's... Uh, they they more than more than a few of them know me now, which is what I love is that terrifying. you and uh, that place is equidistant from both of us. It is. It's a great like kind of uh, Switzerland for us. It's a little bit of a battle trying to get into that parking spot from certain oh, the worst. angles, but the worst. you know whatever. That's so yeah. I have the truck. I just curb, hop, hop the curb. Fuck yeah. that curb. Fuck 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 you curbs. <laughs> um, tell me what you've been doing on two wheels, sir. Man, where, I, you, where I mean, the fuck did you, you go? Not, you were gone for like two weeks. I was gone for one week. I was gone for seven I didn't days. I record a show by myself. You did. Was that weird? 
was super weird. <laughs> I'm just talking to myself in a room like a lunatic. Just pretend like um, you should have a cardboard cut out of me. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Right? Yeah. Because I'm going to have to put one of those in my house at some point of view. But I feel like everyone should. I It's like at the dinner table. That Johnson, needs to be, ooh, like a, like a Brap Talk platinum level member mm. cardboard mm. cutout of Jensen and Shaheen. We need like a Patreon or something for this. <laughs> if we sell one, I'll be so impressed. Just just one. Just one. It's like two grand. One and done. <laughs> one and done. Just <laughs> Um, I decided to have a little vacation. So I haven't had a vacation since I started back up at Moto Corsa a year and a half ago. And so I was like, all right, you know what? I just need a minute, just a little catharsis, catharsis, get mm -hmm. out, do a thing. And so I hopped on the old Multistrada V4 and kind of hauled ass down to LA from Portland, Oregon. You went on like a marathon trip. I did. It was crazy. And it wasn't, you know, I didn't go the fastest route nor the slowest route. I took two days to get down there. It was a little over 1,200 miles each way. If you go the long, it's still a fucking lot, man. It is. It's funny. In my head, I'm like, day? this is only 600 miles a day. And then at the end of it, I'm like, fuck no. me. That was, <laughs> like, was a lot of writing. 300 miles sucks. Well, 600 like stupid. You don't like touring. I hate touring. I enjoyed it. I hate it. I so like watching much. the world change in front of me. Just It's just this constant barrage of information. And then when I stop, I'm, I'm all depressed about it because I'm like, oh, I need more. I'm addicted to it. No, I'm living life one stoplight at a time. <laughs> I live life 150 <laughs> miles at a time on that motorcycle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. I, I rode down. It was just blustery, rainy bullshit through Oregon. And then as soon as I got to Grant's Pass, grabbed myself a little In-N-Out hamburger. By the way, if you ever want to try the Shaheen special, it's double-double, whole grilled onion, chopped peppers, tomato, hold the lettuce. No. It's delicious. No. My buddy Sam, who's listening, he will testify to that. Mm, I disagree. It's so good. What's your special? What's your in and out order? So up until like last year, uh, double, double grilled onions only. That's Just it? Meat, cheese, onions, onions, bun. Which is delicious. Which is fucking delicious. Yep. Now I'm kind of into this thing now where I'll do the lettuce and tomato and the mayonnaise. I'll still do the grilled onions. Mm -hmm. I don't like pickles. Fuck pickles. I don't think there's even, I don't know if there's yeah, pickles in on in and out. If you do chopped peppers, that's kind of pickled pepper. Yeah, I don't like that. And I don't like mustard either. Like, those are my, like, two condiments. You're not a I just, kind of guy. No, I'm not. No. I'm really not. No. I don't like bitters. I like sweets. Right. I drink Mountain Dew. I live life one stoplight at a time. <laughs> one sweet, sugary drink at a time. <laughs> you know, one diabetes injection at a time. <laughs> diabetes. Uh, speaking of injections, got my COVID booster, got my flu shot. Nice. I am ready to go. I'm getting my third one. Again, I'm getting my booster tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m., I think. Uh, it is interesting. I don't want to cut in on your on your conversation about your trip, but uh, oh, so we can spool back to it. But going through Europe mm -hmm. and all the bullshit you have to do to get into Italy and Spain and like... Like I, mean, I feel for those those citizens. Some of those countries like, are getting their fourth wave. Yeah, it's crazy, and and rightfully so. Like I understand the craziness. Like they have like all these apps and like QR codes, right? And then as an American, you just kind of like rock up with your vaccine card that looks totally unofficial. It's so janky. It's, it's so extra janky. So, and they're like looking at it like in the light. Like could this possibly oh, be a fake? And you're like, really? Like, and it's like a social security card where you're not allowed to laminate it. Why? Yeah. Why? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't. Anyway. Um, so that, that was weird, but I got in and I got out quick both times harder I, to get into Italy than it is Spain. 
Is it really? Oh yeah. Well, the Spanish are party a little harder. It's just I think I mean I think Italy just got hit harder, and they like did. you just got a lot more paperwork. You got to sign up on a website. You got to get a QR code. You got to fill out three forms. Italy at was the shut down, legit shut down for months. And then to get back out, you got to sign like two or three more forms. It's not hard. It's really easy to do, and like the airlines kind of walk you through it. But it is kind of a bitch. I'm I'm probably going to Italy in July, late July. Yeah, for uh, for old World, World Ducati Week. World Ducati Week, yeah. Ooh, I should go with you. That'd be fun. July twenty fourth to the twenty. I'm sorry, twenty second to the twenty fourth. World Ducati Week is awesome. Uh huh. Awesome. I've never been. Awesome. I'm dying to go. I think you don't. I don't. You definitely don't need to be a Ducatisti. No. To go to it, right. I think as a motorcycle event, that should be one that is on your bucket list to go to because. What is it? Masano Circuit. I think oh, it like forty five thousand ish people there to show up. Yeah, they have like the champion races there, and yeah, which is more than like people show up like just for one day of racing for MotoGP. Right. So think about that. Not like really no racing going on whatsoever, and like a whole track's worth of people show up. It, They're doing something. It looks epic. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm already looking at tickets. Um. Anyway, so uh, hopped on the bike, kind of took my uh, myself down to. Grants passed through some rain and then hopped over to the coast side and just worked my way down. Okay. And then before I knew it, I was in uh, in uh, Laguna Seca. Just like, oh yeah, I'm at one of my favorite racetracks. I forgot it's here, right there on the coast. And there was a, there was a BMW yeah. car, BMW M uh, driving experience happening, and so I just went up to the gate. And it's a it's a city or state park, so you can go there if it's open. County, county, regional, something. There's something. Some sort of I a can't remember. Monterey I'm County Park, I think. So I showed up to the gate and I was like, "Can I go in there?" They're like, "Totally." I'm like, "Awesome!" So I went in there, grabbed myself some swag, and then I asked the the girl who was working the swag shop if I could go up to the corkscrew and just have my like my cupcake. She's like, "Yeah." Went up there and had some sweets, drank a little bit, took a couple of videos and pictures, and watched these maniac instructors drift down the corkscrew. <laughs> amazing to watch these big bmw m5 just go sideways down that thing very 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 cool but um yeah ended up in la got to go hang out with our friend heath coffrin at uh heath, Alf, Al, heath. that guy is, heath the chief it's kind of gross how handsome he is he's a good looking dude i can't it's just he just exudes sexiness and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable as a heterosexual male no why would it i don't know he sits right next to me and i'm like yep something wrong you're blind you're blind you don't have a heart Something about you. Yeah. He's he's like that triple threat. He's he's good looking, he rides really well, and he's smart as fuck. Yeah. It's like, all right, all right, yeah. Heath, I get you, bro. I hear you. Uh, yeah, I got to hang out with him a bunch. Got so close to being our close to our dearest Troy, but he was do, busy doing Troy stuff. That's, like I was always just, within like a shout's distance from him. That's but, just Troy living. Oh, man. So close. I, I, I did like not I get to see it. him at my press launches. I was very disappointed. Got to see something really, really cool, kind of a pre preview of the place, but the Bike Shed LA. Mm. What a cool, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's just this venue. It's a bar. It's a restaurant. There's a tattoo parlor. There's a, it's it's everything. Is it, the Bike Shed UK one that was in like a bomb shelter? Or a yeah, fall? okay. That's what right. I'm so of. this one, this is going to be downtown LA, uh, Arts District area. Okay. Beautiful, big, big building, and it's you know, I mean, they've they're doing a great job. It's it's when we saw it, it's probably like three quarters of the way finished. I think they're hoping that it'll be open come spring, hopefully. Um, and I'm excited to go back down there and 
partake in the you know the festivities of bike shed but give me a lot of ideas for what i want to do maybe at moto course that just kind of yeah. create like a cool little put out the vibe yeah put out the vibe yeah. you know, that, have that pdx uh feel for it but super neat uh, got to meet dutch and the crew over there that are running that thing and everybody was working their tails off but it was very very nice of him to give me a little behind the scenes of the thing but yeah hung out got some family time got to go see some other dealerships and then rode my ass back home and before i knew it a week was over how's your hot sister doing i haven't talked to her in a while okay she, she and i are in a little uh a little battle oh, oh okay sorry she, I brought acted, it up. she acted the fool so i didn't get to say hi for, to her sorry i brought you. it sorry. up then thought i was being clever you know you can be but God, it's super awkward now super awkward. super awkward just pet coda yeah just just under the chin nothing under nothing, the chin nothing you know my sister-in-law listens to this oh really yeah i'm sorry i'm i'm i love that she listens to this because she has like zero interest in motorcycles but she listens to this she, she loves podcasts and then once you learn that you and i do this she's listened to every single episode wow yeah biggest fan and then if we don't do one for a while she texts me like yo when's the next episode i'm like what the fuck are you doing listening to this yeah. i love this thank you that's awesome yeah that's awesome so shout out to ani thanks for listening hey ani what's up ani she's a lawyer oh hey one of your people yeah <laughs> she's making the world turn what have you been doing on two wheels? I feel like yours is way more exciting. Uh, I just stopped nothing. on a Multistrada and took the dirt tires off of it and actually did road time. Pretty, pretty much nothing. <laughs> nothing? Pretty much, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, I'm gearing up for Ikema right now. Um, I got some stuff on embargo, so I can't talk about it. But um, some interesting things coming down the pipe. Pipe. Uh, oh, but, 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 I think so. When is Ikema this year? Um, the, the releasing days are Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, so that's I don't I don't know what the days of the week are. Currently, uh, we're on third twenty fourth. Is that right? Did I fuck that up? That sounds right. Twenty second, twenty second, twenty second, twenty third. Monday. Thanksgiving's the twenty fourth. Twenty third, twenty fourth. Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Um, it'll be a weird show. Uh, Ducati, KTM, BMW. They they are not taking part in the show. Hmm. Don't really expect anything from Suzuki. Yamaha might have a bike or two. Uh, Triumph, I think, may or may not release the Explorer 1200 there. So it's a weird thing where I think I think the takeaway from COVID was like a lot of brands figured out like, hey, we don't do live events anymore. We figured right. out how to do stuff online now. Like that's no longer a scary mystery to us. Great. And also, why are we releasing all of our bikes at the same time as everyone else? Yeah. Which is not smart. You're like fighting for a time slot in someone's day. Yeah. So I think uh, a lot of brands have gotten hip to that. And I'm not sure Eichmann will ever really be the same. Maybe it will. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. This year is, I think, the tipping point. It'll go one way or the other after this. Hmm. Um, so that's that's coming up. Uh, I have a Ducati mystery launch uh, a week from today. And a mystery launch? They don't. They're doing that thing where like they don't tell you what bike it is. I mean, like, what bike could it possibly be? So it's whatever bike's going to come out on Thursday on Thanksgiving, which is like the, it's just like the new sport or something. What is it called? What's that? What's that? What's the reveal? Like the yeah. The tagline's like the, a new sport or whatever. It, it's, it's a fucking Panigale V4. I am 99% sure. We're at a racetrack and we're at the Horath racetrack. Okay. So I'm probably just got in trouble for saying that, but like I'm the Bothan Spy Network. I, this was a speculation that you and I had before all of this. Right. That is my that has been my opinion. I'm pretty sure I'm right. 
I was obviously very wrong about the Multistrada V4 Pikes Peak being that the press launch. Right. Um, so, you know, take it for what it's so worth. You didn't, you didn't get to ride that? The Pikes Peak is going to be a domestic launch sometime in December. Got it. In Palm Springs. I am so coming with you on that one. You should. Oh, I'm 100% coming with you. You should. Yep. I, I don't know who we talked to to get that done, but we should. We know a couple of people in Ducati, North America. I yeah. bet I could come. <laughs> talk, to, talk to Junior. See what he says. Okay. Uh, I'm literally... I am literally jet lag. I'm watching I'm the jet lag just, just come out of your nose right now. I'm just falling apart. I just got back from Spain <laughs> uh, like 36 hours ago riding the Ducati Street Fighter V2. Tell me. Monteblanco circuit outside of Seville. Never been there before. Cute little racetrack. Very technical. You did a wheelie. It's got a cool little hill and it's like a third gear. It's 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 cool because like you hit the wheelie while leaned over. Whoa. You're not like all the way leaned over, but you're kind of leaned over. But that's a legit wheelie you did. That's like a foot and a half, two feet off the ground, that front tire. You got like three feet of air that time. At least. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Um, third gear, yeah, I'm doing like, I don't know, 80 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour on that photo. How'd the bike feel? Bike's rad. Yeah. Um, Does it feel like just a naked V2 Panigale? He, he, mm, yeah, basically. I mean, that, that's what it is. Right. Um, Man, there's a lot to say about this bike, and I don't know how to approach it. The, I just like asking you this question every time you ride a bike. What okay. do you not like about it? Let's just get that out of the, the price. One hundred percent. But every Ducati. No, 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 no. This is different. I like this is what I said. The theme of the show is Jensen's little frugal. Ooh, okay. Uh, I understand this about myself. I am a value buyer. Okay. I have no problem spending money. I have no problems buying expensive things. But those are things that like. I'm going to have that for like 30, 40 fucking years. Like I'm going to get my value out of it or the things like I'm just going to throw it away. I'm like, well, I'm just going to get the cheap one. Right. Um, so I'm very much that, that is my mindset. That is my raison d'etre as a human. <laughs> uh, I'm always looking for the angle. So I understand that about myself. And I would say Ducati as a brand is, is like too expensive for my taste, especially recently. The prices have definitely gone up. Oh yeah. And I understand it. And and I can sit here and complain about the price of, let's say, a Panigale V4 or a Street Fighter V4 or a Multistrada V4. And it don't mean shit because Ducati isn't having any trouble moving those bikes. They're having the record sales here. Right. So I understand that part of it. I understand that, like, uh, I've got a, a a beer taste on a champagne budget. Is that right? That sounds about right. That's not No, no, it's the other way. Champagne tastes beer budget. I got a Mountain Dew taste on a Perrier budget. <laughs> uh and so, like, I get that. So, like, when I say, like, the Street Fighter V2 is too expensive, there is an element of, like, it's just it's just a lot of money. Right. But my issue with it, the thing that I don't like, is it's too much money, like, in comparison to what you can get. So, this is Ducati's, quote-unquote, middleweight Street Fighter. This is the... I think you can make an argument that this is the successor to the Street Fighter 848. Which is a funny thing to think of the power that it puts out. And that's why I say, like, in a way, I think it's the spiritual successor to the 1090. It makes the same power. Yeah. Weighs about the same amount. Right. Cost kind of the same. Yep. Um, you know, like you could like there's there's a lot of like it's a V twin, whereas like the obviously the Street Fighter V4 is a four cylinder. So there's a lot of like things you can oh man, I'm just bopping the microphone. There's a lot of things you can kind of divvy this up in the Street Fighter uh brand and 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 I, I go into that in a bit of in my review. But my problem with this bike is it's $17,000. Right. 
for $16,000, I can get an Aprilia V4 base model Tuono, 100%. which is a better bike. For twenty six, but that's not a naked. Well, neither is this. That's eh, more naked than that. No, they're really not. Really, they're really not. Come on, there. You go and look at that bike. There's a ton it of. It doesn't have wings it. anymore, Jensen. It, you can. That wings can, are they're, they're they're an optional, right. and we have those on the track, and they're fine. Um, for twenty six hundred bucks more, you can get a KTM twelve ninety Duke with semi active suspension. Uh, that's the story we broke on yep. on ANR, and that is a better bike. And I would argue a better value for I would gladly spend twenty six hundred dollars more for that bonkers of an engine. Mm-hmm. It's still got that V twin thing. So are you looking it's at it as like a, like value suspension. to power? I'm just looking at it like, hey, I'm going to spend seventeen thousand dollars on a bike. What am I going to get? Right. For twenty thousand dollars, for three thousand dollars more, I can get a Street Fighter V four base model. Yep. Which is a better bike. Um, the How bike. So, well, hold on. How do you define that as a better bike? Because it only has, in my mind, it just has more power. It's better in the sense of, yeah, it's got more power. It's got more, um, I think it's a better looking motorcycle. It It's better on the street. It's better on the track. Hmm. Like it's just, it, it does everything better. It's it's superlatively better. Um, I look at bikes like the KTM 890 Duke, mm-hmm. which makes like 30 horsepower less. Not it quite. costs as, a lot less. Not quite as good suspension, but you know what is it it's um it's a twelve thousand dollar bike so Mm -hmm. it's five grand less right five thousand dollars less shane that's a lot and 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 i would say like the panigale or not the pan the street fighter v2 is not five thousand dollars better so it's tough because you sit there and it's like it's not like you don't have to be approaching it like how we normally would like just from like a frugalness it's just there's better bikes on the market for less or equal dollars or like comparable where you're like yeah for 2600 bucks like yeah I would, like you're gonna love a street uh, super duke way more than you are a street fighter v2 i just feel like people that are buying that level of vehicle whether it's in a car motorcycle or truck or whatever when you're buying that sort of luxury brand you're not necessarily looking at the value anymore you're There's- looking at you're looking at the you know the status symbol and the bling and the red paint sure. There's a little bit of like, you want a Ducati, this is what it's going right. to cost you. Know, but that's where I still come back to, okay, you're you're a Ducati person. The right. Ducati brand means something to you. You want to ride a red bike. Uh, you're spending more on getting a Street Fighter V4. For three grand more? Absolutely. Why, you'd be crazy not to. Unless, for some reason, that extra $3,000 is breaking the bank. Did they let you which, guys ride those bikes case, side to side? No. You almost never get a side by side. It's interesting to kind of do a parallel to really get a proper... You know, I can tell you, I can tell you like, um, I mean, yeah, that's not the same day, same track, right? but having spent time on the track and on the road with the street fighter before, like it has just power everywhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, the biggest thing with the street fighter V2 is it has this huge power band between like 9,000 and like 11,000 RPMs. It Way kinda, up there. It kind of starts kicking in around eight, but you really feel it at like nine through 11 and you can see it on the torque curve. And when you're not in that power band, you notice it. Like you, when you you know when you've gone through it because it all of a sudden kicks in. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter Four V Four isn't like that. It has power all the way through the power band, and it has more. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing where like Street Fighter V Two because of the Super Quadro engine and just the ethos behind that that motor, it's still a very peaky horsepower focused motor. And they've done an, I think a pretty good job of trying to 
make it work on the street. It's just not a perfect street bike motor. And it's still 150 horsepower. Like you kind of run out of steam after 130 miles an hour or so, which is plenty on the street. Yeah. But, and and I should still preface, it's a fantastic motorcycle on the street and for like hand and riding and, and all that jazz. But it's also one of those bikes like, oh man, I'm in fourth gear. I'm getting, I'm coming slow out of the corner. Like I got a downshift. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter V4, it doesn't matter what fucking gear Like you're in sixth gear going 40. It doesn't matter. It, <laughs> the bike has plenty of power. Like it's just a better motorcycle. And it's like, if you're telling me you're a Ducati buyer, you want to have a red bike for three grand more, that's the better bike. That's the better Ducati to have. And that's like the hardest part in that lineup. And like, I just, I just don't know how I recommend that motorcycle to someone because Hmm. as much as I liked it, as much of a good time as I had on it for as well or as good of a job that I think Ducati did on it, because there's not really anything to fault like yeah okay that power curve is pretty high up in you know the rev range for the torque but it wasn't really an issue it's not like uh like a hyper motard where you're like man i'm really running out of revs and it's like it's really just a fun bike up to 100 miles an hour it's like mm-hmm. no it's got more like it is, it is a fun street bike it's fun to go canyon riding on it you know we went through some very fast roads in spain on it and it was it was great but there's better bikes you know, I just don't like, I'm, I'm sure they're going to sell a bunch of them. Well, but I'm not sure of that actually, but it's just one of those things like it, it should have been 16,000 and it really should have been 15. Like 16, I think it's like the smart pricing. That's like what Ducati should have landed on. And my heart says 15. I am a little bit surprised at the pricing of it. I would have, I would have put money on it being about 16 grand just because of where it's going to fit. Right. Like in my mind, the V2 Street Fighter for now, it seems like the filler between a Monster 937 and a V4 Street Fighter. Yeah. Right? Because we don't see, maybe they're going to do one. I haven't, I have not seen anything, but there is not a, a big bore monster anymore. You, either have, you either have the 937 Street Fighter, I'm sorry, a Monster, or the V4 Street Fighter, or a Diablo 1260. There's nothing really in that yeah. middle ground. And so this thing is there. Price-wise, it seems like, it would have probably been a little bit smarter if it was around sixteen grand because it would have been between the twelve to thirteen thousand dollar monster and the twenty thousand dollar Street Fighter, right? The V four Street Fighter base model. So I, I agree with you on that. It's weird. You go on Ducati's website and you they still have the monster twelve hundred listed, and that's fifteen thousand dollars ish. And I think yeah, that's the where they got the price tag, where it's like, oh, the monster twelve hundred at fifteen, this is better than that ish. So we'll make it seventeen, right? But like, because in theory, do, it's do, a naked that makes 150 plus horses, still, which right? is roughly what a Monster 1200 makes. Right. So like, I kind of get that, but it really seems like the Monster 1200 has just gone away from the lineup. I don't know. You can tell me if you can order one or not. Do you have one on your dealership floor? No, I've, I've sold out of them a long time ago. So like, you know, it seems like a bike that is like in the lineup on the website only, and that's where I kind of like, why? Why is this the way that it is? Like. This should, re- in my mind, the Street Fighter V2 should be replacing the Monster 1200. I agree. In, in, in a lot of ways. I think there's room for a, a Monster Roadster kind of type bike. Yeah. But like, if you're telling me like the Monster 1200 went away to make room for the Street Fighter V2, that makes total sense in my mind. So why is it $2,000 more? And why is the Panigale V2 like only like a couple hundred bucks more? That's the thing that surprises me because I, I kept wondering if Ducati would have done the same sort of Delta between the Panigale V4 and the Street Fighter V4 that, you know, those two have that 
then would have sort of had the same formula between the Panigale V2 and the Street Fighter V2. Yeah. And if that was the case, then it would have for sure been a fifteen, sixteen thousand dollar budget. And that's where I come back to like, yeah, and like Ducati pricing, like I don't understand how you didn't land at sixteen because let's say even if it's like sixteen two or whatever, then right. it's like, okay, it's like a thousand or close to a thousand bucks cheaper than the full fairing version, which is kind of like traditionally how things work. Mm-hmm. Fifteen would have been like a, a really good deal. Sixteen kind of like makes sense with the current pricing structure in my head. Seventeen's where we landed. Um seems like a mistake to me, but what do I know? Um just a I mean, there's still, bikes. you know, I think I've gone to so many meetings in the last couple of weeks. Basically, still in every um, let's call it recreational vehicle uh, retail world, there seems to be a crazy demand for everything still. And I think Ducati is no stranger to being an exclusive brand, and so their pricing is still pushing them towards the whole exclusivity thing of saying, "Hey, if you want a cheaper bike for more power, yeah, go buy an Aprilia." But then you have to deal with, you know, whatever that comes with. But if you want to have like a premium brand Ducati with the red paint and blah, 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 then you're going to pay $17,000 for this, you know, naked roadster, whatever you want to call it, Street Fighter. On on the sales floor, I'm seeing a lot of excitement about it from the customer especially. Yeah. So I think it'll do well. Uh, just having seen, having spoken to a couple other dealerships on the West Coast and my own, there's definitely quite a bit of hubbub about it because it is filling a weird little gap that was created about a year ago uh, with the 1200 monsters sort of not being really available anymore. Yeah. And there's, I think some value to like the classic Ducati. It's a V twin. This is, this is as classic of a Ducati street fighter as you're going to get. It's a V twin. You can get a dry clutch installed if you want to, which is stupid, but okay, whatever. (laughs) But it's got, you know, the right kind of, classic ducati things in it and and it's a good bike like it's fun to ride it's comfortable it's well well built i think um for seventeen thousand dollars i would like to see nicer switches on it it's Mm -hmm. got like kind of the budget ducati switches on there um i believe they probably borrowed those straight from the v2 panigale oh yeah yeah yeah. and i I think i had the same critique of the panigale v2 where i was like you know, for this price tag, I expect a bigger TFT and nicer mm-hmm. switches and a little bit more refinement because you're you're telling me Ducati's the premium brand and like there's some like not so premium experiences here. And I would I would ding the Street Fighter V two for the same for the same problems, maybe more so because I expect the price to be lower. But like at the end of the day, like all my gripes, like like the biggest gripe other than price that I have is like the brake pad choice. They, took, they put a more um, street-focused, less aggressive brake pad on it, and it just kind of sucks, you know. Like, Is there a reason behind that other than price? The brake pad, yeah. The brake pads like cost the same. Like the price is not like. I wonder. I wonder what like, drove like, the them highest to... level brake pad in Bremo's lineup versus like the lowest level brake pad is probably like a ten dollar Delta. Yeah, I can't imagine where why an engineer would be like, yeah, let's put a softer, more because it's more street-focused, and that's what they're they're just like, oh, it's more street-focused. We'll yeah. put a more street pad on it. And it's like, eh, I mean, like, it was really hard to ride with it on the track. Braking wise, like, my hand, everyone, like, got exhausted, but, like, your hand just gets cramped up because you're pulling the lever as hard as you can mm-hmm. and nothing's happening. But it doesn't have good bite, doesn't have a good modulation. Some people kind of like a, a weaker pad like that. I'm not one of those people. I like a really bitey, I like, I like metallic pads a lot instead of organic. Um, but, like, easy fix. That's a $70 fix. You I buy think, a new set of brake pads. I think. Cake. 
Like that's my big gripe, Shaheen, other than the yeah. price. And I know? mean, based on that gripe, it really seems to me like I feel like Ducati is trying to say, hey, track bike, Panigale, street yes. bike, street fighter. Absolutely. There's a reason it's called a street fighter. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I see where they're going with it. And those are things that you can fix fairly quickly, but it's interesting for, for those of us that do this on a daily basis as uh, quote unquote professionals, you start griping about little things that we notice because that's what we do all the time. The average person who's going to get on that bike is going to go, fuck, this is amazing. But we can say that about a GSX 1000F. Yeah, I, I, I would <laughs> still say uh, that pad is still too weak for the street, but I mean, is it going to be an issue now? Um, I, overall, like, there's a lot of things I really like about that bike. What's your favorite thing about that bike? It's just fun to ride. It's just a fun, silly bike to ride. It's got all the whistles and bells that you really need. Um, they all work really well. Um, there's meaningful differences between the traction control settings. There's meaningful differences between the engine braking and the wheelie control. You can lock, you can set the ABS up so you can lock the rear wheel. You can have it on so you can do the uh, rear brake to slide. Huh. You can have full corner and ABS on. Um, I love that Ducati has that package. The user interface is really easy to get through. The buttons are pretty good. I wish there had been like dedicated a little thumb index finger for the traction like control. Like a quick, like a quick changer. Yeah, but I'm not really losing my shit on that. Again, street focused motorcycle. Not really, not really caring too much. I wish it had a bigger TFT dash. 4.3 inches is kind of 2017 right now. Um, and if you're telling me Ducati's the premium brand, like okay, there's some cheaper bikes that have that feature a little bit better than you mm -hmm. um but like i'm not losing my my junk on that like at the end of the day like this bike's like an a minus to me like it's very minor things that i don't that i don't care for you know it's not perfect but it's 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 doing just fine you think somebody from a with a 10 year old maybe an a i, I might give it an a it'd be like a it'd be a soft a though it'd be like a 90 like a 93 93 and a half you Listen, know if like, i had averaged that in my school out of the fine something. yeah you're yeah. doing fine yeah. you're doing just fine parent teacher conference comes in you're doing fine <laughs> you'll, you'll she's doing proudly. fine today yeah they'll be like he's a good kid he just talks too much yeah like he gets all a's but just have him shut the fuck up just a little like simmer <laughs> down like maybe less caffeine take it by half maybe uh maybe should eat veggies more often i don't know so um yeah i enjoyed it a lot it's you can put the wings on the optional it's kind of fun to have them kind of fun not i think the bike looks good in person um does it come in multiple colors yeah it comes in uh any color actually you want it in uh as long as it's red just red yeah. pretty much pretty much just red just this one shade of red yeah. yeah i feel like i'm gonna do the shaheen thing and as soon as we get a couple of the showroom i'm just, just gonna gold it out send two off and get them painted yeah every time i've done that in the showroom those bikes sell really quick I think I think you do like that Pike's Peak livery. I think yeah. that look good on it. That'd be super cool. Um, there's there's a lot of options there. Yeah, I mean, if you tell me you're gonna go out and buy a Street Fighter V2, I'd be like, you're gonna have an awesome time on a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to have a Ducati, like like so, here's a great example, right? Like like I don't know why I'm being like so hypocritical because my thing was when I graduated from school, I went out and bought a Ducati because that was my gift to myself for doing better part of a decade of higher education yeah like what an attaboy to give yourself yeah and and also like that was kind of like you made it buddy like right. you, you did it and i wanted a motorcycle that when i showed up had a little bit of status i wasn't going to show up on a buell wasn't going to show up on a honda i wasn't going to show up on a suzuki i wanted to show up on a ducati i wanted like a bike that non-motorcyclists would know like right hey that's a rad bike 
and I bought a Ducati Street Fighter 1098. And that, and like, you know, there is a litany of things that are wrong with a Street Fighter 1098, um, which is hilarious that it won like Bike of the Year that year. So that tells you what that's all about. Um, <laughs> you know, there's like, there's, there's like, like, there's seriously wrong things with that motorcycle that you can kind of dust under the character category. But like, I still love it to this day. Like, it's the bike I'll never get rid of because that meant something to me. Right. And I, so like, I get like the irrational thought of like, I just want to buy a Ducati and this is the Ducati I want to buy yeah. and damn the torpedoes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so the, I, get, I get that. I get that totally. I think the American motorcycle uh, mentality has nothing to do with the rationality. Oh, it's completely right. Like, someone asked me in the, in the comment section, like, is this better than your 1098? Would it replace your 1098 in your garage? And I was like, it is absolutely a better motorcycle. No, it will not replace my bike. Yeah. Your bike, just like my 999, that's a that's an old dinosaur. It just I have so many feelings about that bike. I will never, ever, ever get rid of it, ever. Yeah. I'll, I'll it, buy bikes rounded all day long. So I get it. Like, uh, And that's the part, like, the irrational thought part that I get. It's just, and I think I said this in a review, like, if that's your jam, this is the bike for you. Mm-hmm. If you're a comparison shopper, if you're like, hey, I've got, this is like a second or third, fourth bike. Right. I wanted, like, a good road bike. I wanted a, I wanted a naked. I wanted a Street Fighter. I've got you know a Ducati track bike already. I've got like a Mike Hillwood replica or something. Right. That's my there pretty are options bike out there. There's just so many other options that are objectively better. I mean, think of a bang for the buck. If we're just going to remain in the Ducati realm, that monster. It gives you a lot of bang for that. Tiny and that's little what that bike's supposed to be. Right. It's that's just, what the bike's supposed to be. And that's that's one of the best Was things. It Thirteen that, grand, thirteen two, something yeah, like that. Like. And it does everything. I've yet to ride one and not giggle. I'm glad you bring up the monster because I think that is the value bike in Ducati's lineup. I think that bike hits a perfect bang for the buck, performance per dollar, way to get into the Ducati brand. And I think that's why it does well. Yeah. If you're if you're a value buyer, yeah, 100%. I don't think bikes like the Street Fighters and Panigales were ever designed or made with the value buyer in mind. I just wish that they were a little bit more down that lane because it's really outside of it for me. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel like I would love to plot like the subjective, like how good the bike is along an axis of like objective price. And I think you could see a pretty good trend line all the way from like a Yamaha MT 10 up to MV Augusta Brutale 1000. I think mm-hmm. you would see like a linear line of bikes, you know, all the way up Aprilia, KTM, Ducati, um triumph blah 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 and then i think you plot the street fighter v2 and it's like an outlier <laughs> you know it's just it's just off the curve and you're like what happened there you're buying uh, that bike out of sheer love yeah yeah like you got drunk or something like, i don't know like, what happened you want a street fighter but you don't necessarily want a 200 horsepower motorcycle yeah you lost a bet i don't know if you did you still gave it a 93 yeah no it's a good bike losing a bet is like buying a new triumph uh I, I'm the more I think about this bike, the more I'm uh, sort of puzzled about it. But the new uh, speed triple RR RR, no, I, I, I can, like it's not a it's not a super bike. It's a sporty bike. It's not a naked bike. There are other bikes that can do like that's a bike. I would look at that and go, nah, give me a Tuana. What am I, I doing? This? That press launch is like happening right now. And I sent a text to my colleagues. I was like, ask Triumph where their balls are and if they're ever going to make a real uh, sport <laughs> like <a> bike. Daytona? <laughs> no, because like that bike is literally like we're too chicken shit to make a super bike. 
And like and like you know a Daytona right. version. Right. So we're just gonna like kind of make this cafe. Our yeah, we're gonna call it like the gentleman's sport bike or some bullshit. And you're just like that's because you guys are fucking cowards and don't want to make a real sport bike and compete on the merit. <laughs> I want to show up to the fight me. I want to show up to the BMW R9 team meet with this bike and be like, I'm faster than you. Yeah, fucking fight me. But then like, somebody on a proper sport bike shows up, be like, no, no, I'm I'm not gonna race you. Those clowns. <laughs> those clowns. <laughs> the Aprilia Touareg. Awesome bike. How did they get? to have that name did anyone ask that question was that not a volkswagen suv at one point uh it's a nomadic tribe in the middle east well, that's even that's <laughs> definitely the answer i mean but in 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 portland america we call that cultural appropriation but in uh, Italy, we call that a new motorcycle but somewhere in the world of automotive industry once upon a time this little volkswagen yeah, let's company. just ignore the fact that the tour people have kind of a problem with like having slaves and stuff so that's all another thing <laughs> never mind that but it's fine but once upon a time, this little German company called Volkswagen had an SUV called the Twerig. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna just move across, move, move, move past this this conversation. <laughs> um, flew to Sardinia, rode the Touareg 660. Nice. What do you want to know? I mean, it's <laughs> we sort of have an idea that it's it's middleweight. Yeah. So, so we're talking what 400. So it is it is the lightest bike in the category. That's a lot. That's amazing. So even lighter than say the 790R Adventure? Yes. Which is a 90R Adventure, I guess now? Yeah. So that's bonkers cool. It is 449 pounds wet. Wow. Wet. The T7 is 452. Holy bon whoa. KTM 890 Adventure base model, 464. So I mean, they're all kind of in the range, but it is the lightest one. And is this still making the the RS660 94 horsepower? No, 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 no. 80 horsepower. 80. Yeah. Uh, they move the the camshaft. It makes the power way, way, way lower. It makes it like a 5,000 RPMs, the peak torque. Oh, wow. But that's um, useful when you're playing in the... That's exactly the reason why. Right. Yeah, you don't uh, need a high horsepower or like a high RPM bike here. You need more horsepower like a hole in the head. 21-inch um, front wheel, 18-inch rear. Okay. To... What was this? It's like 290, 240... It's the same as the KTM 890 Adventure R. Nice. And it's more than a T7. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. It's 9.2 inches. I know that. Okay. Suspension travel. Adjustable suspension, all that. Fully adjustable suspension. Awesome. Uh, pretty robust uh, electronics package, but no IMU, which is like the only real like niggling thing where I'm like, I really wish it had coordinated ABS. So is that kind of like the, the Tuono 660 then? Well, the Tuono 660, you could add the IMU and the cornering, cornering ABS as an aftermarket and this one you can't even have you that cannot up. which i feel like is a miss that's weird that they did that. that's my only real gripe did they explain why did they no just the because even as a cost savings it can always be an added option bibbidi later bobbity okay bibbidi bobbity okay how's the dash i know you're a stigler for that oh uh, it's fine it's the standard aprilia dash for okay. the 660 which looks just like the rs4 it's fine it's not going to win the any bike art looks properly utilitarian it just it has a it looks like a bike that i wouldn't be afraid of dropping absolutely and uh to be fair to be fair i did in the name of science crash test that bike you're a humanitarian and um, you, you did that for all of us i did that for everyone i did that for for all of our listeners sign up for anr pro my foot still hurts <laughs> um and, and 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 i would say about half the bikes on the press launch hit the tarmac at some point either before us during us and afterwards okay. um you know because we 
I wouldn't say we went on like a gnarly off-road trail, but we went on like a pretty fucked up dirt gravel road. And then we did like this like dirt circuit thing that was pretty rad at the hotel. Mm-hmm. They found like an abandoned lot and I had like a water crossing and rocks and nice. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I wouldn't say like we did like Narnar off-road whatever, but you know, it was good. It was good for for a bike like that. So same question as I asked about the Street Fighter V2. What do you not like about it? Doesn't have an I can't no option for an IMU. I don't know. That's that's kind of a it's big got deal. A quick shifter. What's, what's the price tag on this thing? 12 grand. That's crazy because the next most expensive bike is what, at least two grand more? So so this is an interesting conversation. The middleweight adventure bike category is getting kind of weird because you kind of have like <laughs> some bikes kind of like in the 700 range. Right. And you're going to have some bikes in the 900 range. And so like it's kind of it's kind of hard to compare them, but it's kind of not like for me as like an entry level middleweight adventure bike. This is the bike because yeah. Okay. The Yamaha is cheaper. But by the time you get the suspension sorted out, you get all the things on it, you get all the stuff that kind of makes it so you can go do the thing. Right. You're kind of in Tourag price territory. And then the Tourag comes in and is like, oh, by the way, I also have like all the electronic bells and whistles that the T7 will never have. Mm-hmm. Like for me, having fully adjustable suspension, a bitching amount of suspension travel, good electronics package still think it's good have coordinating best but we're fine <laughs> good electronics package and the traction control and like all that shit it works mm. so that's the other part of it um it's not like the multi-shot v4 where you have the traction control and it becomes unrideable off-road right that's one of my niggling things off. you have to turn it off yeah. you don't have to turn that off on the Touareg. okay traction control one traction control two even you can still get up a hill like i did a pretty gnarly hill climb and traction control one was like fucking a cotton super easy to turn it off too you know like that's the thing where like they made it really easy to turn it on and off and and get your abs on and off and do all the things like it's very intuitive if they're easy most things are just one button click away Uh, it's just smart it's just a well smart thought out bike and and it's at that twelve thousand dollar price point for thirteen thousand one hundred you can get a base model ktm 890 and the only thing that bike has going for it that I think kind of shines above the Touareg is the motor makes more power. And like, there's a part of it, like, like I had a lot of fun riding the Touareg on the street. It's a little underpowered. You kind of have to manage the gearbox and what gear you're in. Is this the smallest engine in the, in the entire middleweight range? I feel like the T7's got yes. a bigger motor. T7 689. Oh. So, and it's got more power than a T7, which is funny. Um, just shows you where those motors are at. Right. And so, like, I sit there, and it's, like, the only thing that makes me look at the KTM is the fact that, like, I am a street-biased rider. I like having 100 and, what is it, 103 horsepower instead of 80. Right. So, but, like, if I'm a if I'm a dual-sport rider that's actually going to go off-road, I'm buying the Touareg before I'm buying the KTM unless I'm willing to spend, what is it, the Fourteen thousand dollars it is to get at the KTM Adventure R. Mm-hmm. Um, so this it's seems like to for, have better wind protection than that. It just the body of it looks like it would be better. Body's got great wind on protection. the highway than the than the yeah. KTM. Um, 
Uh, I don't know if we talked about the Norden 901 last show. Not yet, no. So that's out now. Um, I've talked to a couple colleagues that went to that launch, and it sounds like it's a very, very capable bike. It's a little bit softer than the KTM. It's designed to be more of a, you know, that's the bike you go around the world on, right. whereas, like, the KTM is the thing you go and thrash on the weekend right. for your weekend trip. Um, it's got a little bit more ride height, or sorry, a little bit more suspension than the base model adventure but less than the adventure r it's priced like the adventure r so like there's a lot of interesting bikes in this space that like kind of still depends like on what you're looking for but for me if it's like hey i want an middleweight adventure bike that can go do the thing off road and still has like plenty of features for the on road this is the tour exit that twelve thousand dollar price point's killer. Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, that's a bargoon. Yeah, it's. I mean, it. You know, I I kept used you and I used to joke around. If this bike was the price of the T seven, it'd be insane. But look at what you're getting for that additional two thousand dollars. That's where I come. Like Jensen's the value buyer. Yep. I don't have to go buy the cheapest bike. That's not necessarily how my brain works. I look at like bang for the buck, the value. Mm-hmm. The value for me is the Touareg six sixty because that's. Like, even if I took the cheap bike and put the stuff on it so it wasn't cheap anymore, it would cost more than a Touareg. Yeah. And it still wouldn't perform as well. Right. Still wouldn't perform as well. And maybe if I'm buying with my money, maybe I go and spend enough on the Adventure R, the, the KTM Adventure R. Maybe there's enough there because I do have that on-road kind of mentality. But, like, I don't know if I'm missing. I don't know if that bike's really that much more capable off-road than the, the Touareg. Not really. I think there is one elephant in the room which is aprilia's dealer network yes that's a totally fair point and that's that i mean as a in buyer fact, my, my colleague abby who's a brap talk listener he's probably listening right now mm. and and his shop in iconic uh motorsports love that place uh he said this exact thing in his review let's go go go, go on go i mean on. that's that's really it as a as a buyer as a regular everyday joe who's going to buy something like this thing and ride it and hopefully use it to its you know capabilities and capacities i'm going to ask myself the question of well if i buy this thing and i live in a place that doesn't have a dealer within two or three hours from me then what if something does happen you know when i take it out to my favorite off-road place and beat the shit out of it especially on a bike that's designed to be toured on like right. this is an adventure tour you're going right. to go from portland to bozeman and you're not going on any roads right I don't think there's a single dealer between there and here. There is not. Now, I don't think there's not a dealer here. Let's just assume the bikes are rock solid machine that'll never ever break down, but that's just not the case. And even so, as a, as a buyer, one of the things that a lot of people look for is, you know, the the ability to go to a dealership and get the thing they need, whatever that is, whether if that's a uh, oil filter or whatever. So that's one of that is a uphill battle for Aprilia North America or Piaggio North America, I guess. Um, because I feel like they're doing such a great job of introducing these middleweight RS660 variant motorcycles that is basically every person's street sport off-road vehicle now, right? Because they have the RS660, the Touareg, and the Tuona 660. And, And they're priced accordingly to be that every person's bike. But every person's gonna wanna have a dealership available. Yeah. To have a network so that they can take care, be taken care of. Yeah, and so that is all things said. All things being amazing about that motorcycle, that's the one thing that makes me go. But 
And it's and I hate saying that because I feel like they're doing a really fucking good job. So my hope is that maybe they're working hard on getting better representation through at least majority of the metropolitan you know areas in North America. There's a chicken and the egg problem to this. Uh-huh. And and one of the things I think Aprilia does well to to fix that I'm trying to like bring it up. I don't know why my laptop's not on my lap right now. Because I was trying to dick around with a cat. Um, one of the things that I think it really does well to quell that thought, which is a very reasonable and rational thought uh, on the dealer network, is to price aggressively. Yep. And it's like, why is the RSV4 so popular right now? As as a super bike, as as a as a, I go to my track days, I see more RSV fours at your motor course track days than I do Panigale V fours. Right, and I think a big part of it was for a while there, you can get an RSV four for a song. You could get one at the end of the season for like fifteen grand, mm-hmm. and at that price, like there's just enough people to be like, "Fuck it, I'll give it a go." Yeah. It sounds rad. I've right. heard rad things at fifteen thousand bucks. It's like seven thousand dollars cheaper than the than the next Italian equivalent. Right. I'll give it a go. I'll roll the dice. And you know, enough people were like did that, and we're like, hey, you know, actually, you know what? This was this was pretty rad. I'm actually right. having a really good time. It's <clears throat> it, it hasn't been as bad as people say. Like. You know, like, yeah, okay, like, those first years weren't so great. That first year model, you know, wasn't great. But then everything after, it's been pretty fucking rad. And, yeah, we're stoked. And then, like, that that grew that market out, basically. Mm-hmm. And then the Tuono benefited from that as well. And and you see a lot of Aprilia V4 models because of it. It's, it's what's kept that brand alive in the U.S. And I think it's the same thing with the 660s where it's like, yeah, we're going to make a bitchin' bike. We're going to price it really aggressively. You Torag. I mean, like they could easily have charged like fourteen grand for the Torag, right? You know, if you had like a Ducati brand behind, if like if that was a Ducati Torag six sixty, that would be a fifteen thousand dollar motorcycle. Easily. In fact, they're about to come out with yep. one, and it'll probably <laughs> be a fifteen thousand dollar motorcycle, right? Um, so like I think they've done a really good job of like, okay, you've got some apprehension about us. Well, we're gonna give you such a fucking killer deal with the pricing that you're gonna. Fucking roll the dice on it. And I think the Twerg does that. It's like 12 grand for a T7 on steroids. Like you can't yeah. touch that bike's value. No. There's nothing else right now no. on the market that can do what that bike does for that price tag. The only Fuck, the, for another thousand dollars, you can't touch that. The only bike that I think like you could say is better is the KTM 890 Adventure R. And you have to pay for that betterness. Yeah. You're going to pay for it. Like you have to do the math in your head of like, am I getting $2,000 worth of value for 20 more horsepower? But it's interesting, Maybe. right? Because a lot of people, at least here in our area, have have taken the chance on buying an Aprilia, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, cool, I'm going to buy it because I can pick up an RSV4 or a Tuono V4 or whatever for less money than the next Italian brand and have that experience get to have that beautiful look beautiful sound beautiful writing uh experience and because i'm saving money i'm gonna probably be okay with the idea that i have to take this thing three hours away yeah. to get any work done on there and in theory that idea is sound yeah but but <laughs> after about a year most of those people go i'm tired of this shit i work too much i don't have time 
I just want to ride this thing. I don't want to go three, four hours away. I don't need to pay for it to go over there all the time to get worked on. Even if they're the best dealership on the planet, it's still far. And that, if they're having that issue. Right, if they're having that issue. And and as a dealership, that's what I've noticed. Anytime that someone goes, hey, I need to get away from this thing, it's not because they don't love the motorcycle. They love them. They adore them. They're phenomenal motorcycles. But they're tired of having to go three, four hours away just to have a basic maintenance thing done. That's fair. And and if I was a buyer for an Aprilia here in Portland, I don't know if our dealers come online here or not. Uh, I haven't been keeping track. But for a while there, that uh, that was the thing. Right. Uh, was, does C- Seattle even have one? I think there is one like Maybe? North Seattle area or something. Okay, so like, yeah, three hours away. Right. Um, if I lived lower in the state, if I lived in like Medford or something, I'd be really fucked. I mean, you'd have to go to the Bay Area. You're almost, yeah, you're almost going to San Francisco at that mm-hmm. point. So like I get like that's, that's fair, right? That's it's too sparse. But that's just for our area. I mean, if you live in, you know, LA or New York or yeah. you know, South Florida somewhere, you, you have the opportunity to, you know, be taken care of probably. You um, know what? Though, so, but like there's like fifty states in the there's fifty states in the United States. Most of them have at least one metropolitan you should be in. Like I feel like if right. you're not in Portland, what are you doing? If you're not in Seattle, what are you doing? If you're not in las vegas what are you doing mm-hmm. those may not be like marquee it's not socal it's not san francisco it's not new york it's not right. florida miami you know but those are big metropolitans that's like, how you grow you your should brand. be in right you know you don't have to be harley davidson where it's like every 20 feet you go down well, that's just silly yeah you know and, and you find a dealership but, but if but, tomorrow i was going to buy a middleweight european high-end you know adventure bike like this and my choice was only let's say aprilia and ktm and I lived here, I'd have to really consider that uh, that KTM because it's like, well, I have a dealership here. I have two dealerships here. Yeah, to a certain extent. But then KTM North America. Oh, listen, none of these brands are a cakewalk. No. But at least you have a dealership that'll which is, hopefully which is go to you bat come back you. to like, well, fuck it, I'll just get a Yamaha. Just buy, yeah, just buy the fucking <laughs> C700. Because I know there's going to be a dealership <laughs> there. Or if, or if Honda, you know, pulls out a, a smaller... Uh, yeah, uh, Transalp or whatever. At some point, please do the right thing, Honda. Just do that. That's why a lot of people buy Hondas because there's a Honda dealership in every fucking town. Right. They're bulletproof, reliable. You're gonna get your parts. Again, dealership network. I think I think it's a really cool bike. I, I've probably been most excited about that bike out of the Aprilia brand than any other bike they've done. It's really good. I had a really good time on it. I, I there's nothing really bad that i can say about. I, i'd have to like literally look at my review to see like what did i say that was like negative like i know it's only quote unquote or quote unquote only 80 horsepower but because of its weight i feel like even if i was riding on the highway and i had to pass somebody i wouldn't be struggling that badly no yeah it gets it gets it goes we we rode that bike hard and those pirelli of uh, dual sport tires mm-hmm. the scorpion strs mm-hmm. fucking stick like they stick like road tires. They also go away quickly, or like road tires. Eh, you know, they're really, really fun tires. Uh, great for gravel. Great for loose stuff. Yep. Great on the road. We were hauling ass. Like that was the thing. Where I was like, you know, for a twenty-one inch tire with fifty-fifty dual sport tires on it, uh, I had a pretty good sport bike. Ride. Like I was gonna say, you could embarrass some sport bike riders. I think on that I tire. think the word I said was surprising. Yes. This bike surprised me. I was like. It should not be able to do this as well. <laughs> I expected this to be a really good off-road bike. I did not expect it to be this good of an on-road bike. Yeah, 
like go fucking buy one Stop what is uh do we know when whining. the actual release is going to be for people to go buy one right now or they're taking pre-orders right now and if i can stall a little bit longer maybe i put it in my review nope no clue but they're taking pre-orders right now mm. and i have a feeling if you don't pre-order one you may not oh you're gonna one. fall behind you're wait, wait another year yeah um just goes away covid and everything's going mm-hmm. so um good on aprilia they really did a good job with that bike Interesting to hear how it was developed at the same time as the RS and the Tuono. Mm-hmm. Those were three models that co-developed, which influenced a lot on how that motor was designed. Um, and it also explains why we don't have a Kapanord V4. Yeah. Because uh, they just didn't think about that when they were building it. It it is It does not look the way I thought it would look. I think that was the part of the bike that surprised me the most, just the design of it and the way the headlight, you know, the DRL on it is. It's just looking at it i didn't immediately say that's an aprilia in fact i looked at it a couple times and went the fuck is that that's really cool looking it's still kind of got the three headlight thing but yeah i get what you're saying um the interesting thing going forward is i legitimately think we're going to see a fourth maybe even fifth 660 really and, and let the speculation begin on what those could be Ooh, whoa when i talked to christian Wait, do you think they'll have the aprilia marquee on them yes like i kept thinking like do you mean like there's going to be like a moto guzzi 660 no, kind of a cruiser style. I think Guzzi's will always have that stupid fucking transverse. That's, I mean, that's a Guzzi, man. That's what a Guzzi is. Yep. Um, no, I think uh, Christian was talking a lot about picking my brain about like a street tracker. Yeah. Which I was like, that could be interesting. Uh, I think an SXV hyper motard type bike mm-hmm. is probably the next thing you could see from them. I could see that. Um, and then like from there, it's like start getting funky give me some crazy ideas see that scooter bro yeah you know like they could the cool thing with aprilia is they're not a big brand right so they don't have to think about like like harley davidson sits there and is like v-rod we sold fourteen thousand of those this year failure <laughs> aprilia fourteen thousand. holy shit yeah forty thousand worldwide. Like, like, so it's like one of those things where if they're gonna sell a thousand of them in the u.s right like that's a success well that's celebration so, like, could you sell a thousand six sixty street trackers if it was like legitimately like four hundred pounds and looked rad and was fun to ride? It cost like ten grand. Yeah, and cost like ten grand. I'm like, fuck yeah, you could. Hell yeah. No, what what brand? What other brand's gonna touch that? Nobody. Nobody has any. Because they like sit there and they're like, well, uh, like look at look at uh, Polaris with the Indian. Like, look how much they fucked that bike up trying to do the exact same right. thing. And like, because again, because they're chasing like, we need to send ten thousand of these. I'm like, well, good luck. Best of luck to you. Yeah. That bike's like a quarter of their sales, by the way. Wow. Right? Holy moly. Which I think tells you how many bikes they're selling. Yeesh. Um, let's get to the stuff I actually wanted to talk about. Oh, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> there's a, Shaheen, I'll give you a tip. We've done two. This is this is where we this is where we are. Oh, we're we're way, we're way behind. We're doing great. What time do you have to leave? How long you got? You got like 45 minutes more? Uh, sure we can get through this yeah. in 45 minutes it's just a bunch of just a bunch of nonsense bunch of hubbub just a bunch of nonsense um i know you want to talk about the ducati street fighter v4 sp seven pounds lighter it's got all the carbon fiber things you want on it you just got to find thirty five thousand dollars five hundred. that it's it is way more money than i thought it was a lot of money <laughs> i thought that bike would have been like 33 so here's the thing, like, like that's the frugal part of me where I'm just like, that's a lot of money for that bike. But right. I get it though. Like, if yeah. you want a the baddest Street Fighter on the market with that's all the baddest shit on it, zero argument. You're gonna pay money for it. Yep. Like, I get it. 
And they're I'm gonna not going to do it, but they're I get sell it. Out quick. They're, yeah. We've already taken yeah. a bunch of deposits on this bike. They're, it's a numbered edition, right? So I think I laughed about it's laugh time with the Panigale V4 SP. I think it is. What does numbered mean? Uh, I think it means they're going to keep adding numbers to yeah, it. Just, just keep adding numbers <laughs> until they run out. I don't because I don't think they have like a finite number of numbers. No, it, they don't. It's not like a one out of five hundred. Just, just numbered. It's just, just like number the five. Just how like a VIN is a number, <laughs> right? This is number thirty-six out of how many? This is just number thirty-six. It's just right? thirty-six, right? Um, I think ultimately what it means is they just make them to order. Yeah. Uh, because if you look at it, the sum of the parts of that bike is way worth way more than what they're selling it for. Because if you were to buy a Street Fighter V4S and add all that stuff to it, you're going to spend way more money than that. Are you? Yeah. I mean, Are you? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't sat I mean, let's down just break a couple of things down there. Those carbon fiber winglets, they retail for like fourteen hundred dollars. Well, that's dumb. But I mean, that's how much they go for. See, like if I was going to replicate this bike, I would just get some carbon wheels from like Rotobox or whatever. Yep. Three, four grand. Yeah, about forty five hundred bucks. A dry clutch, which SDM. is SDM, not cheap. It's two grand tops. No, it's got to be like, no. like that's how much it should cost. Like no. you can get, you can get. It's a, like three plus install. That's dumb. That's that's Ducati parts catalog pricing. That's not like I'm gonna go out and like find some shit pricing. Yeah, I don't think you're buying a thirty thousand dollars Street Fighter and finding some shit pricing for it. No, but like I'm saying, like it's an STM clutch. You can buy an STM clutch, right. or you can buy a suitor. Like there's plenty of clutches for that V4 box by now. Remember, people Aftermarket. buy buy bikes and cars of this caliber to say they have a bike or a car of this caliber. No, no, I, I totally get it. Right. I totally like the frugal Jensen dealer the frugal has, to, Jensen has to get just sitting there going like one. I can put this together for like ten. <laughs> Listen, like frugal Jensen dealer, you buy Yamaha MT MT01 or whatever it's called at this point. You know what? You know what? I wasn't. This was like later down the line. Yamaha MT10 updated for 2022. Is it going to look better, please? No, they made it uglier. Come on. They like found a way this to make it This is one of the uglier. coolest bikes ever made. It is I can't even look at it. That's the fucking value buy though. Ugh. That's the value buy. You want to talk about Give value? Me that KTM 1290. If you can get over the way this bike looks, I and can't. understand that I think I it just, looks hideous. It's so ugly. It is thirteen thousand dollars. It makes 162 horsepower, and it's got now it's got all the cool shit on it. And minus you know, someone's saying, Well, when you ride it, you're not looking at the way it looks. No, I don't think so, man. Every time I approach that bike, I gotta look at it and like hold back the volume. On that bike, you know it's ugly when you're riding it. Why? Why did they make it look? It's like Yamaha was like, here, I have a bet. We're going to make a bike that rides really well, sounds really good, and it's a fucking bitchin' value to buy, but we're going to make it ugly as fuck and prove to you people are still going to buy it. This bike, this bike is so fucking bitchin'. It's amazing. It is so Like 10 out of much, 10. Every time I've ridden one, I'm like, this yeah, is one of the best bikes I've ever ridden. So much bike for so little money. Yep. Frugal Jensen won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. No. Because it's so fucking ugly. I, and I know a couple of people who have them, and they adore them. And more power to you for having that bike and... Well, I guess you know every pot's got a lid and all that bullshit, but God dang it, man. Just looking at that bike, I just can't. I will say, as I went on the press launch on this in like 2015 or whatever it was, you do kind of get over the looks after a while. Because you're having so much fun. Because you're having so much fun. Right. But it's like, it's just, it is not a bike that creates lust. Remember how Jensen Beeler graduated from college and bought himself a Street Fighter so he could show up to places like Didn't buy himself good? a Yamaha yeah. MT, <laughs> MT10. Yeah. I didn't see how you bought an FZ01 uh, at the time. Yeah, that FZ01 didn't happen. No. No, it, it's it's a real... At some point, I think a couple brands have to like sit themselves down and be like, is your product design holding back your sales? 
because the MT10 should be lighting shit up. That, and that, I think there should this be is the reason 30, it's not. There should be of those on the streets of Portland alone. It is a rad bike. It is, it's, like, it's not even like a bike that's like good on spec sheet. It's legitimately a good bike to ride. Yep. I thoroughly, enthusiastically yep. enjoyed riding it. Every time I've ridden one, I've gone in my... I'm telling you, the art, the conversation in my head, every time I've ridden one of those bikes, and it's probably been like six or seven I've ridden now, it's like, I fucking hate that I love this bike. Because it's such a good bike. And every time I look at it, I'm like, I can't. And that's the worst part about this news of them updating it for 2022. <laughs> they made it worse? No, they made it better. Because like... Oh, I up thought you were talking about the looks. Up until this year, like if you were in 2021 and you were buying a Street Fighter, the reason you didn't buy the Yamaha is because like they didn't really update it. It didn't have an IMU. It didn't have a quick shifter. It didn't uh, have right. a TFT dash. It had a and shitty. Even without all those, it was still a good yeah, bike. Yeah, it had a shitty radial master cylinder and it was still like a really good bike, but it had fallen behind the times like so heavily that you're like, well. Frugal Jensen's not even going to touch this thing because, like, <laughs> I would rather pay more to have more features. But now they're like, here's all the shit that we, like, should have been putting on this bike, like, ages ago. Now it's finally on it. And you're like, yeah, like, I can't hate it now. Like, I have to just, like, not buy it because I think it's ugly. I think it just it has to come back to that. Sorry, Yamaha. Stop making ugly bikes. This I kind of have the same thing with KTM. I love the 890 Duke. Right. You know, you know me. Like that's like the best sport bike on the market. Yep, 890 Duke your, R. That's your 100 score. Uh, really fucking hate that way that bike looks. I would still take 40 of those over this bike, Absolutely. as far as looks are concerned. Absolutely. Uh, it, this bike bums me out because I, I'm telling you, like, if in the in some weird world I lived in where I was blind but I could still ride a motorcycle, I think it's the best fucking motorcycle ever in that category, especially. How yeah. do you touch the value of that bike? But God dang it, like, wh hire a new designer. Fuck it. Slap the old FC01 body on it. It'll still be a better looking bike. I legitimately think, like, it'll be a sales flop because of that reason. Like, that's the problem. Where it's like, yeah. at least you had excuse before. Right. It was, like, outdated. Well, now you, you updated it. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I could just Anyways, go down that so, so on the other side of the spectrum is this uh, Street Fighter V4 SP model that has every Farkle known to Ducati kind thrown at it, you know, short of a full exhaust, basically. Yep. And it's and kind of like we we're saying, because of its sex appeal. It's literally three times the cost of the MT-10. It is literally three times the cost. And, it'll, and every time you see one, you're going to just go, dang, it's just pretty. It, it it appeals to me in every way possible. I want one real bad. I was gonna get one. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit on the fence about it because I still think I want to make my own sort of custom Street Fighter. You were gonna buy an SP. I really really want to get one. I must be paying you more course some money over there. I'm well, not you paying know, you blogging just, money. We just paid off a car, so eh? <laughs> I gotta allocate the expense somewhere else. Also, T Man has no idea how much this bike costs. You get you got a you get a dealer hookup, don't you? Yeah, but it's, Uncle Shaheen give you a price. Let's just say Uncle Shaheen. You need a guy. I got a guy. You got a guy. I got to talk to a guy. Uncle Shaheen's price on a standard V4 S uh, Street Fighter is a lot, lot, lot better because I would take that bike and turn it essentially into an R bike, and that's my plan to build a bike. That's fair. So I want to build a Street Fighter V4 R. R. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like that. Um, 
We'll talk about the Norden. I don't really want to talk about the Super Duke or Evo too much other than it's official now. Everything I said was true. Both and Spies fucking crushed it. Um, I don't think pricing's out officially yet. He said, but he said, I told you so, but I told you so, motherfuckers. For all the trouble <laughs> I got in. Uh, hey, remember fun. back in the day when I got yelled at by Envy Gustav for having a lucky explorer? Yeah. Funny story with that. So, like, all the news. So, you know, the news came out that Envy Gustav is coming out with the Lucky Explorer project. Right. Everyone who's covering that story is stealing my photo of your of bike. my old bike. <laughs> and what's awesome. ironic, it's like, you guys realize that's a Ducati, right? But what's even funnier is watching Ducati and MV fight over their Dakar history where it was a Kajiva with a Ducati motor right. owned by um, Castiglione who owned Ducati and just got rid of MV. And it's just like, it's like this weird um, motorcycle centipede of Dakar adventure bikeness. It's just some good tasty Italian drama, man. Oh, it's funny to watch. I mean, for those people who don't know, so I had the I had the 2017 Multistrada Enduro, 1200 Enduro, that we had a local um, car wrapper wrap with the wrap. So we basically made the 1993 Kajiva Elephant 900 Dakar race bike livery on my 1200 Enduro. And the guy did a bang up job. He was he was not the best person to work with, but he did a really fucking good job of going off of a couple of small photographs that we showed him and he and he made this bike from scratch. To which then Envy Augusta sent us a letter that basically said cease and desist because they thought we were going to keep making copies of this thing to sell to other people as a kit, which was not at all the case. It was just simply me celebrating the you know history and culture of this motorcycle and just the beautiful design of it. And so you did a really bang up job of taking amazing photos of it and doing a, an article on this thing. Yeah, you getting a cease assist letter is my fault. Well, because you put out an article in on asphalt and rubber. Yeah. And then the cease and desist letter that came to us, did I ever show you this thing? Mm -mm. It was about an inch thick and it was a copy, a printed copy of every single European quote unquote publication, online publication that just took your article and then translated it to their language. Yeah. Like, and I'm talking like Russian, everybody, like Eastern Bloc, Western Bloc, they all had it. And they basically were like, check out what you've done. Look at the damage you're going to do to us by using this design. And it wasn't the design they were mad at. It was the fact that we had the elephant, the little elephant on the nose of the motorcycle. And so I, I saw this happening. I'm like, oh man, I am dying to see what happens here. Because they came after little old me. I'm nobody. Didn't say shit to me. Didn't say shit to you because you were just the person that, you know, you're 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 just you're just uh, spreading the news out there. Yeah, sorry for partying. Sorry, I made your bike famous. Oh, that's fine. Uh, here's the funny part: there there are, I believe, three other carbon copies of my old motorcycle in the world. Like, there's one in Belgium, one in Australia, I think, and I'm pretty sure one in Italy because somebody on Instagram just sent I've it. Seen to the me. Italian guy. Yeah. yeah. Like he he took a video of it on the streets. So like, look at this fucking thing. It even has the Motocorsa stickers on it. Like they That's copied hilarious. it hard. That's hilarious. <laughs> I do remember that now. Yeah, that is hilarious. Which I think you should be fine with. It's like, well, we're getting free advertising in yeah, Italy. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> well, we had a Brap Talk sticker on there. Uh, ah, this was pre. This was pre Brap Talk. It was. It was. Yeah, That's good. Um, so the news is MVs. They're making a Lucky Explorer. They're right. they're doing it. They're gonna. We. I think. I don't know if we've talked about this before. 950 cc uh inline triple cool 
Um, pretty I sure imagine twenty-one eighteen-inch setup. They're coming out with two models. Oh, so fuck me, man. I don't know. I imagine, I imagine spoked. Yeah, twenty-one eighteen. Do the thing off-road and cast something. Maybe nineteen seventeens. I don't know. I, I fascinating. Um, I you know they're really pushing that Dakar history. They're really pushing the off-road. I think. One of these bikes, if not both of them, is going to be a like do proper off roader. And then, yes, our dear friend, <laughs> Mr. Verdugo, Mr. Nathan Verdugo, probably one of the coolest human beings on the planet. We're recording this podcast before you sent me the embargo information, Nathan, just yeah, so but, you know. Whoa, whoa, this isn't fuck the embargo. This is on his Instagram. No, no, no. But like, like, I'm like, then, like, I could open my email right now and I might have all the information oh. about this bike. So I just want to be very clear. I mean, basically, he has a picture of him out somewhere. And all you see is, you know, like the the TFT dash and all that stuff. And he just wrote research and development, hashtag lucky explorer. Yeah. That's a, that yeah. could just be him riding a different motorcycle to see what a dirt bike should feel for like. For those who don't know, that is the marketing director for MV Gusta USA. Yeah. Again, um, I argue probably one of the coolest. Like, I wish I was half as cool as Nathan Verdugo. Nathan's pretty cool. Um, we've gone nuts to butts on, a, on <laughs> an adventure <laughs> bike together. You. In fact, uh, last World Ducati week I went to was with Nathan. Nice. Yeah, he's right. That guy um, single-handedly has made hats cool to me. He's from here. His mom lives in like Hood River. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know why he doesn't come hang out. He should get, we should get him on the show. One show. Only during one show is here. Just one. Just one. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious about this bike. I'm very curious. Bikes. I think maybe one will be like a light off-road and maybe one's more like touring off-road. Right. I don't know. I'm just spitting ball in here. I don't fucking know. Um expect the horse i mean it could be anything really um here's my thought for you here's my question okay let's make this an idea okay what do you think about mv an mv augusta dual sport i think it'd be great wait are you talking like adventure touring dual dual sport or like a small well, adventure touring dual sport like a a a, a like a tuareg type a tuareg type bike like this this lucky explorer right. i so I think it's a cool idea because I think MV Augusta typically makes beautiful motorcycles, but also MV Augusta typically makes super exclusive, expensive motorcycles that I don't necessarily want to bounce off the rocks. That's the thing that's interesting for me because like, and I, I would even loop it back to the beautiful bike. Like, does there come a point to be successful? Okay. Like here's, here's, um, here's a null hypothesis. Prove it wrong. To be successful in the adventure touring motorcycle space you must create an ugly motorcycle so people don't feel bad about <laughs> crashing right? it and dropping it's it. It's got to look banged it. up already if you're going to bang it up. Right? Like there's, there would be like, it's like why you almost don't track like a, a tambourine era F4 because you're like, <laughs> what if I crash? Is that a Senna on the I, track? What are you doing? I don't want to be responsible <laughs> for breaking this work of art. Right. And so like there's a little part of it, it's like, that's kind of hard to like take envy augusta seriously is like a rough and tumble brand purely because it's like you're the pretty bike brand like well, i don't want to make my pretty bike not pretty well going back to the same thing we said about the aprilia talk about exclusivity and just dealership network well, that's a whole other animal well but again if you're gonna make a bike that's gonna go out there and act like a t700 you better have some dealerships to be able to handle the shit that i'm gonna break at some point absolutely so, there's a the whole so 
do I think it's a cool idea? Absolutely. It's almost like Envy looked at the sales sheets and said, oh shit, this adventure touring thing is a thing. We better get into it 10 years later because everybody else is doing it. It's not a bad idea. I think I think they'll sell a couple, but I have a feeling these are going to be like Starbucks machines. I mean, I think I, Nathan will go and beat the fuck out of one because that's Nathan. But how many other people are going to buy one of these things and be like, oh yeah, man, I, I just did to, I went to Brown's camp here and did single track on my MV Augusta Lucky Explorer. Well, just talking about it makes my hands fucking sweat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's my only, like, I think you're right about the deal network. Well, that's my only real like, critique where it's like, you almost need it to be a Kajiva. Like, they need to right. like, do that through the Kajiva brand just so you just don't feel bad about fucking up the pretty bike. <laughs> you know, like, getting that scratch. That Maybe, first scratch yeah. is going to be the... Ri- I always say the first scratch is the hardest. I feel like the first scratch on that bike... <sighs> Heartbreak. Climbing Everest. Oh, God. Uh, I will say this. My my new um, uh, digital marketing guru at the shop has been noticing MV Augusta's really been doing a lot of marketing in the ways of, like, sort of streetwear cool guy hangout type thing and so i feel like maybe mv is trying to become more eh, mainstream is too harsh of a phrase like more accepted as a everyday motorcycle brand i mean did I, did I don't know if it was april fool's joke or what recently but they're talking about like a little e-scooter yeah, but like that's a very all the European brands have a e scooter. All like fucking Ducati's got one too. Yeah, but Envy Augusta's not all European brands. That's the thing. Yeah. Like to me, they are I hold Ducati in the highest regard. I always think Envy Augusta's a little bit higher. To, yeah. Like to me, as far as a sex appeal motorcycle. Sex appeal, exclusivity, price tag, right. design, premium parts. Yeah. Like you want to see me go weak in the knees, bring me your super veloce. I will stop. I got two more stories, one okay. good, one bad. Ooh. Do the bad one. Let's end on a good note. Um, have you perused Triumph UK's uh accessories catalog recently? And if so, has anything in there looked familiar? It looks like a couple of bags that I own. Okay, like legitimately, like I'm not crazy. The Triumph bag looks like a Velamaki bagger. I mean, you don't even have to. Usually, I'd be like, if you squint, you'll notice a difference. If you look at these with clear eyes, there there's uh two different brands being copied here. One primarily is our dear friend Velamaki. The other one is Kriga. Kriga used to partner with Triumph and make their bags. That's fine, but I mean, so okay, let's just just throw that little factor. I, I hope there. that the case is then maybe Triumph still is giving Kriga a taste based on the way they're they're sort of behaving with Velamaki. I am going to say no. Here's the thing, right? This is an issue in fashion. And at least in the United States, the way the law is, this isn't illegal. No. Am I, like, as, as someone with, with a legal background, legal training, my non-lawyer opinion is <laughs> that there is nothing illegal about this. As a human being, yeah. I have an ethical problem with it. Right. And as an entrepreneur and a person of the industry... I have an issue with it in terms of poisoning the ecosystem of the industry for small brands and innovators and entrepreneurs. This is just lawyers taking a piss on a, on a, not even a lawyers. It's just a brand that has more money taking a piss on a smaller brand. Yeah. And it's especially on a, on a particular piece of accessory that you know that Triumph UK is not going to make tons of money on none right none so at this point just on principle alone this is garbage 
it's a garbage move. Right. It's it's just because you can doesn't mean you should. 100%. And doesn't make it a good like I can right. drive my car with my feet. I've done it. Doesn't make it a good idea. Doesn't mean I should do it. Doesn't you mean like not I'm not going to get in an flexible. accident and hurt myself. <laughs> um you know, like I look at the, like the clasps is the same. You got the the Swiss cross is the same. You got a medical pouch. Right. The the logo branding is vertically attached the same. The harness or the the harness and straps are very similar. I mean, somebody just, just straight enough, up copy pasted. There's enough like differences that you can be like, well, well, but there's a lot of stuff there where you're like. If I remove the Velamaki logo and the Triumph logo and I showed you both those bags, you'd be like, same company. I would honestly, I initially, so here's the funny part. Kevin sent me the the picture and I thought he's sending me a new Velamaki bag. Yeah. I really thought, I was like, oh, wow, what are you designing here? And then I looked closer at it and then he sent me a, you know, a text following it up and I was like, oh, holy shit, what is happening here? Um, I think... This is just bad behavior. I think it's going to put a really bad taste. And and the irony of it all is that a lot of Triumph riders wear Velamaki bags. And I think Triumph probably noticed that. Yeah. It's, it is a, I wear a bag, you wear the bag. I know so many people around here wear it. Never mind that it's a local brand. It's just a fucking cool bag. And it and it is high quality. feels nice to wear it. I, I've taken mine around the world. I just had my duffel bag on the you know ride to LA and back. It you straps always the have one on. You come to my I, house with one I on all the time. I always have one on me. I use the shit out of these bags for good reason. Because they work really well. They feel they feel really nice. And again, it's a local brand that I like to, to uh, you know do business with. We sell his bags out of our shop and we we just talk about it endlessly. So if a lot of Triumph writers are already writing this, you know, and you've seen through the Instagram, just through Instagram in the last two days that uh, Velmaki's posted a couple of, by the way, non-hateful comments. I would have been way shittier than, than Kevin oh, was. Oh, he is, he is being a fucking gentleman. I would have been way shittier. I would, I would have lit a fire somewhere if I were him. Um. But you can see a lot of Triumph people, a lot of quote-unquote influencers even are coming forward going, what the fuck are you doing, Triumph? Like, this is terrible behavior. There's a lot of influential people weighing in on that one, and that just kind of makes me go, like, good job, Triumph. Yeah. Way to go. Like, for what? What did you gain? And what are you, what are you losing? That's a just an all-around bad play, especially from a brand that's like a premium brand that's trying to set themselves apart, that's, that's a big player in the industry. You're just like, cool. Between the two posts, between yesterday and today, I'm sorry, the last two days, uh, there are 250 comments. Yeah. And every single one of them, not a single person has written, that's just how business works, Kevin. Everyone's written like, what the fuck is happening here? And some people have had some very, very direct things to say about Triumph. And Kevin's just been like, in fact, his last post is a bunch of pictures of people riding Triumphs wearing his gear saying, look at, we've been working together. I don't think you understand the crossover between our two cultures and how important that is. And the fact of the matter is, here's a guy who is, I've watched him in the last five, six years, put his life, his entire life into this backpack. And for a company like this just to come along, as you put it, just because they can do the thing, it just, it's it's gross. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious what our listeners, if people that are into this, what they think about it. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting reading the A&R comments. Like, I think there's a lot of people... I, I've, I've definitely seen, like, people on both sides of the argument. The other side of it 
seems to basically boil down to no law was broken there for it's okay. Yeah. And that's just not, and it's like, there's a lot of things that aren't illegal that aren't okay. Right. That I can do. Yeah. I, I, can, I, you know, I can, I can, I can serve you food with a certain amount of shit in it and it's okay with the FDA. That's true. Like they're totally fine. Like, like I figure with the parts per or whatever it is for rat poop in candy bars <laughs> is like great. A little bit higher than you think it should be. Uh huh. But it's okay. Because we've decided that that's, that's where the line has to be. You I can believe, have lead in your in your water up to a certain point. I believe you can go to dumblaws.com and find some really garbage things <laughs> that are illegal or not or not illegal. They're they're legal as can be, but you look at them and go, there's no reason this should still be a thing. Miguel Oliveira can marry his stepsister, and that's legally okay. That's right. Questionable, questionable move. Definitely morally questionable. I mean, like, I'm probably gonna come down on Miguel's side with it. She's pretty cute, but <laughs> no, and just, she's a dentist. No, so, you know, <laughs> good times there. Um, but you know like you know like it's a, it's a, you know what's fine it's fine clearly kevin is trying to have an open dialogue with with triumph about this thing because it is it is a david and goliath thing going on and he does feel like he's got his hands tied, tied behind his back so he's sort of hoping that the the influence and pressure from the you know everybody in the world that's seeing this thing will hopefully make triumph do the right thing i hate that it has to come down to that this should never have happened in the first place. Right. Um, so, as a as an eternal optimist, I really hope the right thing happens here. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Do the right thing, Triumph. Do the right thing, Triumph. Speaking of doing the right thing, the Honda Navi. Oh my God! I want like five of these. I don't know why. Eighteen hundred bucks. Eighteen hundred and seven. They're probably sold out for the next five years. Have you seen the custom ones people have made, like Vance and Hines' custom version of that thing? <laughs> I want that one in particular. Mm. <laughs> My favorite. Um, the the colors are ridiculous. It's uh, <laughs> it's like dynamite red. It's amazing. Grasshopper green, Ugh, ranger <laughs> green, and then nut brown. Nut brown. And, That's the one I want. <laughs> and winning the Internet Comments of the Year award goes to the guy that says Nut Brown is an unfortunate uh, is unfortunate to launch in November. <laughs> I want to buy that one in that color just so I can have the license plate plate N U T B R N. Nut Brown. It is brown. Nut Brown. It is a. It is a. Not quite a walnut. Maybe a hazelnut. You know. It's I a, don't know. I love it so much. Um, it shares the same motor as the Honda Activa, I believe. Yep. Is Honda Activa. Um, it's, it's got no clutch. Uh, it's an automatic gearbox. So like, is this the 110? Yeah. So is this also in like the Super Cub? Is that what that is? Mm, what is that Arian no. uh, and uh, Zach rode up to Alaska? Oh, that's an old ass Super Cub. No, no, they, he did a new and an old one. They did both. Oh, uh, did they? Yeah. yeah. That's probably the 110. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's the same motor. Interesting. Um, my understanding is it's slightly different. This bike uh, appeals to me in so many ways. I don't even know why. Especially it's in that brown. Like, it's tiny. It's tiny. I, I didn't get to go to this launch because I was in Europe and I'm regretting. Also, you're too big that. for it. I would have looked like a polar bear fucking yeah. a football. Um, I don't even see a spot for a passenger foot peg. That's uh, bullshit. Wait, uh, no, no yeah, there, there is. is. It's there on the swing is. arm. It's oh. on the swing arm. 
Jensen, you and I can ride to a Aspen, Colorado on one of these together. Is that a swinger? What is that? There is. No, there's no, definitely. No, there's a footbed no, no, for no, a passenger that, and a rider. That's the Kickstarter, bro. That's the Kickstarter. Listen, look. On the Look at the nut brown one. Nut on brown. Your, on your own photos. Okay, okay, okay. There is a rear brake, a peg right behind the rear brake, and then about. You're absolutely correct. You are Son absolutely. Son of a bitch. This is a two-seater. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there, Honda. I'm into it. Who are you going to talk into right on the back of that thing? Like, like, like let's, let's game this out. You're 18 <laughs> years old or whatever. You buy one of these and you're like, hey, baby, hop in the back of hey, this Navi. You want to go to Baskin Robbins? Because I got to raise. You're like, oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to on that fucking death trap. I'm going to go would. get my, like, Toyota Corolla. Oh, no, I would totally. I would be on the. Oh, I. This bike makes me happy. See, this is what I love about stupid motorcycles like this. They give me this visceral reaction, and I want one. Talk about bang for the buck, frugal. <laughs> pour, some dealer. pour some water on it and wait a few days. That'll work. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Amazing. <laughs> uh, common sense is fire. <laughs> That's great. Um, Patriot Red. Is that really the color? That's in Canada. Yeah, that's just oof, twenty three hundred bucks in Canada. That's too much. Well, I mean, that's Canadian dollars. That's basically seventeen hundred dollars USD. Is it? Well, eighteen hundred dollars. I bet if you do the, oh, I gotta know. There was a point in time when Canadian dollars and American dollars were the same. That's eighteen hundred. Oh, it's like a it's a twelve dollar premium in Canada. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it, you know what? I I fucking love that Honda's coming out with these mini motorbikes. I know they sell a lot of them. They do. Um. It, and you want to go full circle in the conversation. We had this huge rant about like advertising to like the general population mm -hmm. and all that stuff. There is a certain amount of work that the industry needs to do to bring in new motorcyclists. And some of that does involve motorcycle placement and popular culture, TVs, movies, right. whatever. Right. Um, bringing in non-endemic, like making sure like making sure there's a review in men's magazine or like Playboy was the thing for a while that was in the uh, uh, the kind of the non-endemic press circuit for for motorcycle magazines, right? Or motorcycle press launches. Um, GQ. I was just on a press launch with a guy. He writes for GQ. Like there is a certain amount of like that needs to happen to get in front of it, make it cool, get people to like a motorcycle. I would normalizes look, it, right? I would look so good on a motorcycle, right? And I think the Honda Navi is another part of like that equation. It's just right right through the ground where it's like. This is the most unintimidating motorcycle ever created. It, I don't know what the wet weight is. It's got to be like 200 something pounds. I can't even believe that weighs that much. Um, it, it, it requires no shifting, no clutch work. You right. literally just get on it, twist the throttle, yep. turn the handlebar. Mm -hmm. Like a fucking, my cat, I could teach Coda how to do that. <laughs> you know, like this is, this is the, like if you can't get on this and become a motorcyclist, then you are hopeless. <laughs> And that's what bikes like this need to like need to exist because like that is a a bike that is going to create motorcyclists. You're going to be like, this is the first thing two wheeler I bought. I bought it for around town. I thought it was rad. I traded up for a Rebel 500 or Great. whatever it yep. was. Oh man, you trade up from this to a Grom. Yeah, <laughs> right. You learn how to shift. Uh. Ooh. 
The new trail is a 125. That's the problem. A 125. Yeah. The old one was 110. Got it. I learned on a I thought the old one was a tra- 90. There was a 90. Uh, There's also a trail 110. That was the first motorcycle. I, again, first motorcycle I ever rode. Is it? was a Honda trail 110. Talk about going full circle again. Again. It's like probably the same motor. <laughs> it probably is actually. It, well, it didn't have the auto clutch or the, uh, <laughs> the auto shifting, but yeah. I, I think it's super cool. I'm really glad that they did this. Uh, and I've... And it was funny because, like, to me, it didn't exist. And then suddenly my entire Instagram feed was nothing but this bike. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? Is there a takeover? Is there a hostile takeover happening? Because I want it. I want to be a part of it. No, I'm super into it. I'm super, <laughs> super into it. I don't know why. I need 12 of them. <clears throat> you can buy 12 of them. At you the can buy 12 of them, lash them together, put them in front of a sled, pretend you're motorcycle Santa Claus. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I, I just, I really feel like you and I need to each get one of these. Like, I've always wanted a monkey or a grom, and then this came out. I'm like, well, fuck both those bikes. This is easier. Like, Team Anka ride this all day. All day long? Yeah. You gotta get the fuck out of my house. I'm so tired. I gotta go eat. I'm so tired. I'm gonna go eat some steak. <sighs> uh, we, we have an ANR Pro shout out. Uh, Adam. He, he actually renewed his ANR Pro. Adam, damn, coming around. Wanted a little little hat tip brew. And in November, especially right around this time of the year, is when a bunch of people signed up. So I would like to extend a larger thank you to the ANR Pro community that is listening right now uh, for for supporting the uh, the site and supporting my work. It is part of the reason on why I can write stories about Triumph uh, making dubious copies of yes. other brands' uh, backpacks. And write honest reviews about motorcycles that get me in trouble with their press officers. Well, you're not beholden uh, to and, the big and, brands and other stories that <clears throat> break news that um, brands would rather I didn't break. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me be more independent and not relying on advertising. And uh, I thank you for that. You're letting me do my work. I think it's super important. I'm very yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, also, so thank you, I'm, thank you, Adam, in particular. Thanks, though. Adam. High five to you, buddy. Um, hey. I've been loving our listeners sending pictures of their motorcycles to us. Oh, yeah. I've been, we've been getting a lot of, and listen, you, most of you are doing a good job, but remember the rules of threes. If you don't understand it, Google that thirds. shit. Rule, Rule of thirds. thirds. Here's the Rule of threes is, is something else. It's a little bit different. Rule of thirds when you're taking your photo. <laughs> Jensen, like please, coming as a photographer, can you please explain in layman's terms Rule of thirds? Uh, rule of thirds is just framing the center, the, the subject of the photo, in one of the thirds of the the frame so like to the left hand third or the right hand third sometimes you can get funky do the vertical or 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 not the vertical the bottom or the top third Mm -hmm. um if you want to see some interesting rule of thirds work uh look at the cropping job that i did on the street fighter v2 story Mm -hmm. the title graphic i i definitely cropped that it's almost a rule of quarters at that point i I had to you're digging you're you're getting close i had to get the uh the title in there um but yeah no it's a thing it's a known thing so it's all right there say, with like the golden triangle, golden triangle, <laughs> golden rule, Fibonacci numbers, golden rule of the triangle, Freemasons, uh, something like that. We've been getting some amazing photos. Uh, I've been very busy, but I've been trying to put one up every so often. Um, so please keep them coming. It's best to email them to us at webraptalk at gmail.com. Uh, also, I'm curious about your thoughts on this whole, uh, this Velimaki slash Triumph uh, debacle that's going on uh give us your thoughts uh again we talk at gmail.com follow us on instagram at brap talk uh if jensen's still tweeting on the old twitter at we brap talk yep. um and then uh, on facebook it's brap talk motorcycle podcast if you're listening to us on 
the Apple Music uh, Arena. Please, please, please give us a review. Uh, the higher stars, the more I will high five you. But it helps us. Uh, it helps other people find us when they're looking for this podcast. Uh, since we started this podcast, I've noticed other uh, big name motorcycle magazines are also starting new motorcycle podcasts too. So uh, we we like which to, is fine, which is fine. I like it. The more which players, the better. Uh, but it helps us stay relevant. So please, uh, if you can take a couple of seconds to give us a quick review and a couple of four or five stars, it'll be awesome. And uh, yeah, keep those photos coming. Keep the dad jokes coming. I really like those a lot. Uh, I have to read this last one because I know you're going to kick me out. You're going to no. kick me out of the house. Don't kick me out of the house. I got to read this one. Hold on. All right, here it is. I actually laughed out of this one. It was so bad. But this is coming from the doctor. Just spent $100 on a belt that doesn't fit. Huge waste. <laughs> Go on. That's a no, don't kick me out. God damn it. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> All right, y'all. Make good choices. Safety third. Good talk. See you out there. Bye. 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 Come here, bubbies. Fuck all you. Meow, meow, meow. Come here, bubs. Come here. Come on over here. Cut come, cause you're dead. come cuddle with me. Hurts his feelings when you leave them for me, cat. Don't you understand? Come here. I don't really need this. I can do this on my own. Come here. Come here, Bobbies. Come hey, here. Come on. I know what you want. Get on up here. Come here. I want that Honda Navi. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that too. There we go. Now we can start the show. Now we can start it. Yeah, sit your ass down. Sit your ass down. So, yeah, right there. There you go. There you go. All right. Five seconds of silence. <laughs>